0: Hello everyone, I'm Izzy Wiles and welcome to Hot Stuff where we discuss current hot topics that we think deserve your attention. From social issues to popular culture. We'll be keeping you updated on relevant and unique talent-related content every Tuesday. Now, press freedom is something that many see as a pillar of democracy and a necessity for society, which is why changes over the last couple of years in the greater China region have been particularly concerning. And this has been something that has been reported on a lot by international media. To get more of a sense of the state of press freedom in the greater China region, I have with me the China representative for the Committee to Protect Journalists, Iris Xu. Welcome Iris to Hotstar. Thank you for having me. Now, first of all, we talk about press freedom a lot and we throw it around, but how do you actually define a free press?
1: I think I define free press as a place where journalists can cover news, do their jobs without the fear of retaliation. And why
0: is press freedom so important?
1: The press freedom is really important because it's essentially, it's keeping a democracy a democracy. People can talk about whatever is important. To them.
0: You are the China representative on the Committee to Protect Journalists. Now, can you introduce to us the work that the CPJ does?
1: Sure. So the Committee to Protect Journalists is a press freedom organization that promotes press freedom and rights of journalists worldwide. We document attacks on journalists and provide journalist assistance to those in need.
0: And you've been with CPJ for over six years, five as a China correspondent and one as the China representative. How has the state of press freedom changed over those years in China?
1: Since I started this job, I think every year I've seen the reporting conditions worsen in China and in Hong Kong. The Foreign Correspondents Club of China has consistently documented the reporting environment in China and according to their reports every year we see more and more both domestic and foreign journalists being harassed and obstructed while they're doing their jobs.
0: There's some really horrific cases that you know I've seen in, in, in the media over the, especially over the last couple of years. And I'm sure there are a lot of cases that you have been and are dealing with. Within those six years, have there been any cases that particularly shocked you?
1: There is one case where I have a journalist who is also a um, handicap activist. His name is Zhou um, Weilin. Before he went to jail we kept in close contact. And he is always so optimistic and always willing to help with others' case. That's why he he worked in journalism, because he wanted to expose the atrocities the government did onto its people. And, you know, when, when those things happen, when someone you know or you have interacted with get arrested and then put in jail for what we all think is the right thing to do. Mm. It's really heartbreaking. So Wei Lin's story goes like this. He lost his right arm due to a work incident. He was working in the a factory and he was trying to, he was just, you know, carrying on with his daily operation and then accident happened, he lost his arm. Oh. And since then, he started to fight for his rights, mm. trying to get the right compensation from this company as well as essentially trying to advocate for people's labor rights in China. And along the way, he picked up journalism because he wanted to share everyone's stories. I yeah, guess authorities really. are not tolerant
0: of that. Sure. Yeah, that's a that's a really uh, powerful and moving story. And so what is he up to now currently? He's I
1: believe he's still in jail. And he got jail multiple times. And oh. the, I think the most unbelievable part is that he still stick to journalism, even mm-hmm. after a like, couple of times of being in prison.
0: Just like that resilience. Yeah. Now, during the spread of COVID-19, we did see lots of reports that people and journalists were being silenced from speaking on the situation and detained or even put in jail, Did CPJ have any dealings with these types of cases?
1: Yes, we've actually dealt with many cases that are related to COVID-19 reports. Mm -hmm. We have three journalists who've been thrown in jail for covering the outbreak in Wuhan. Uh, One is Chen Qiushi, the second is Zhang Zhan, and the third is Chris Li Zewa. And for Zhang Zhan, Mm -hmm. she was sentenced to four years in prison. She's still serving in a prison in Shanghai. For covering the outbreak, and Li Zehua was briefly detained or forcibly quarantined for a couple of weeks, and for Chen Qiushi, he was actually sentenced to prison for
0: seven months. The first case you mentioned, Zhang Zhen, I saw a lot of reports and I, I read about her, and she how she went on a hunger strike as well, and she dropped like forty kilos and was seriously malnourished. And, and it's just, I mean, it really respect these incredibly brave journalists trying trying to report on these situations. Now, what is the situation like there now? Now, we're coming at the end of COVID, but has that kind of strictness of, of speaking out, is it still that same level of tight restrictions?
1: I think yes, for sure, because we are seeing authorities trying to erase the memories mm. from the population saying that, oh, this has never happened before. That is part of the reason why they are imprisoning journalists who covered these reports. And I think back in 2020, we even have some of the young people who were thrown in jail for simply archiving these news articles.
0: That's really interesting, actually, that that the point that you bring up about the erasure of of kind of memory, that's key, because without those records, and without those records of, of what actually happened, then it is a bit scary to think about how facts could be distorted, the memory could be distorted. Now, if a journalist is facing, you know, an emergency situation, I mean, like the ones you just mentioned, maybe the you know there's an imminent threat of being put in prison, detained. What can CBJ do?
1: So we see at the Committee to Protect Journalists we provide journalist assistance. That means... We, if you're in need of medical support, legal support, or relocation support, or sometimes you just need people to tell you uh, what risks are you facing, mm. um, digital risk or physical risks, you can always reach out to us via our website. And we also have an email address, which is emergencies at cpj.org. And is that easy to access in China and Hong Kong? I believe our website is blocked in China, but you can always email us. We will see your email.
0: Okay. There's also been many reports of how more and more foreign correspondents in China are leaving, you know, some outlets are moving their offices out of China. What is the situation like for foreign correspondents currently reporting on China?
1: For foreign correspondents currently in China, obviously, it is very difficult to report on social issues or on politics because Chinese government, they don't like people reporting negatively about them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not even you know negative news. It's the news that goes into people's lives that they find, oh, this could present as a bad image, say poverty. And for these journalists who've reported, these foreign correspondents who've reported on these issues, they often get targeted by authorities, mm-hmm. and they get summoned or sometimes getting a call by uh, local officials or from the Ministry of Foreign Affairs saying, hey, we don't like certain reports that you did, and your visa will be pending if you keep reporting like this.
0: Right, because I remember seeing the BBC guy doing reports on like Xinjiang. I think he
1: had to leave China very quickly. Yeah because he felt like the pressure of reporting is melting and that he felt unsafe.
0: Yeah, so I think that, that's, that's the key, I guess. And I also actually remember women, especially women with Chinese heritage, they've born and grown up in America's so like ABC, they are particularly being targeted by Chinese state media for being, oh, they're, they're not patriotic, they don't support their country. Tell us more about that. That was really interesting. Sure. So I think in China, this is all—it's always been
1: rooted in patriarchy, and they find women journalists to be easy target. Mm-hmm. They label them as unloyal to their roots, and they call them names on the internet, melting to online harassment. We are seeing this particular pattern solely on female journalists with East Asian. Heritage. Mm. And um, we are also seeing Chinese journalists who now cover news of China for foreign outlets being
0: singled out. Interesting. Interesting. Again, highlighting, I guess, like the misogyny, and it is everywhere, but it, it is interesting that those women are being particularly singled out and, and attacked. And outside of mainland China, the protests in Hong Kong have been covered a lot by international media especially the enactment of the national security law, which was put into effect from June 2020. Now, why was and is this national security law so catastrophic for journalists in Hong Kong? Because it did not define a red line. So it leaves
1: journalists in Hong Kong to guess, okay, is this okay to report or is it
0: going to land me in jail for a national security offense? So it can kind of just be used as the authorities wish. There is no... Boundaries as such. If the authorities wanted to define it as this, and you have crossed the line, then they they have the right to do that, basically. Exactly. And uh, the law's now been in action for a few years. How has the state of press freedom and the ways that journalists can operate in Hong Kong changed? It's changed for the worse, for sure. With the biggest newspaper's founder
1: Jimmy Lai and his executives still in prison. Mm. Journalists can never safely say, Oh, now today I'm going to cover this story without the fear of, you know, this might land me in prison. And um, I think for Mr. Lai to be standing up for his beliefs, it's very brave. We just in the international community, community should always support him and ask for his release because for Jimmy Lai to stay behind bars for a day is one day. For Hong Kong to be without press freedom.
0: Yeah, that's and that's a, a great way of putting it. And let's talk about the jailing of Ronson Chan. He is chairman of the Hong Kong Journalists Association, um, and that's one of the last Hong Kong groups advocating for press freedom. What exactly did he get jailed for? He was covering a residential
1: meeting and was stopped by police, and he was charged with obstructing police officers and obstructing public order. For these two charges, I think these are purely retaliatory. And we suspect that he was targeted because of his chairman status at the Hong Kong Journalists Association.
0: Mm. Yeah, I read something about how they they asked to see his ID or something, and then he asked to kind of see their proof of being a policeman, which is within his right. And... Um, they then basically took that to mean you know, obstructing of justice, which is you know bringing it back to I guess the national security law and how it is very dangerous for everyone because it can like with this example be be used as the authorities wish. Exactly. And Ronson
1: Chan is a veteran journalist. He knows his way around the police. Mm-hmm. So for him, for the court to charge him five days in prison, it is really it's I think
0: a deliberate humiliation. Right, right. And what does this example mean for the general, you know, state of press freedom in Hong Kong?
1: I think this sentencing gives grounds to police officers who are then emboldened to harass mm-hmm. and obstruct regular journalistic
0: practice mm-hmm. so it's kind of given the go-ahead to be like okay you don't need to worry about any repercussions because for this example you can do as you're pleased basically if you're a policeman exactly as china representative and from your experience helping journalists what would you say the biggest challenges are facing journalists in the greater china region right now I
1: think for Chinese journalists, self-censorship is a problem. Reporters are, are fearful of the government. They fear what you know what could come to them if they report on certain issues. Sometimes they don't even go out seeking those troubles themselves. They were just carrying on with their daily lives and then all of a sudden they are in jail for yeah. whatever they, they say or whatever they reported on.
0: And I guess as well, you know, especially with the case of Hong Kong, it's like they've had those years of press freedom and transitioning to this new way of life is is really difficult because I don't know if I was a journalist in Hong Kong and I was used to reporting on politics and, and news what I would do with the way that things are, because you do have to worry about your life at the end of the day. And um, some say that Western media tends to quickly lose interest in some stories when there's a new disaster or issue in the world. It's on to the next thing. Now, how does CPJ try and ensure that these activists and journalists don't get forgotten?
1: What we're trying to do is always document these attacks mm-hmm. as precisely as possible with many details backed by sources that we trust. And each year we will release a prison census where we document and profile every single journalist that we can confirm are thrown behind bars for simply doing their jobs, reporting on certain issues. And we hope that this attracts attention and for other countries to come out and say, hey, this is not acceptable. This is not the behavior that we will tolerate. In China.
0: And what would you say the general support is like from the international community with the work that you guys do? Is there a lot of support there?
1: There is, but certainly not enough. We want all the leaders to come out and in support of these in-person journalists. We want them to stand behind them to say, we are not going to tolerate these behavior. You cannot be jailing journalists. You cannot be
0: intimidating foreign reporters who are trying to cover news. Back to Taiwan. Uh, Recently, there's been an activist who fled from China, Chen Siming, and he's been making headlines. He's been camping out at Taiwan's Taoyuan Airport with the hope that he'll be able to gain asylum in the West. You know, this is, I guess, similar to other reports of journalists leaving the Greater China region. Now, in general, would you say there is a wide movement of journalists coming to Taiwan? certainly. Um, I think there was an exodus after the
1: national security law in Hong Kong. And we're also seeing foreign correspondents who cannot get a visa to enter China coming to Mm -hmm. Taiwan. Those are the two groups that I have observed.
0: What would you say then, you know, Taiwan as a democratic, self-governing island? What role does Taiwan have to play as these restrictions around press freedom continue to get tighter in China and Hong Kong? The government has to balance supporting human rights and press freedom while not intensifying those tensions with Beijing. How does the government go about that?
1: The Taiwan government says that they are providing a safety hub for international journalists, for Hong Kong journalists, to be able to report from Taiwan about China. As far as I know, it can be difficult sometimes to acquire a journalist visa. It doesn't matter where you come from in Taiwan. And that's something that we I think the government should work on, which is stop limiting visas to those who work for big outlets. Mm-hmm. We have so many freelance journalists who are unable to apply for journalist visa because the government doesn't know their work sometimes and they would have to go over the heel to prove to say the ministry of foreign affairs
0: that they are in the business from what i've read it's a lot of the freelance journalists in china who are doing that dangerous reporting work so who are really the ones that need the support in that way exactly mm. easy to feel very disheartened with the state of press freedom and the way that people are being treated is there hope for journalists operating in China or in Hong Kong I think so and I think that everyone is still very
1: hopeful Mm -hmm. I see journalists both in Hong Kong and in China doing their best trying to carry on with reporting just as this job should
0: With these restrictions, is there a a feasible way for journalists in China and Hong Kong to be reporting?
1: It's really hard to say. We don't know what authorities would do. Mm -hmm. And we cannot encourage risky behavior, but we can only provide the support that we have.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Iris. And if those listening want to find out more about the work that the Committee to Protect Journalists do, where can they look? Uh, They can go to cpj.org and
1: hopefully you follow us on social media and LinkedIn, Facebook,
0: Instagram. Is there any way to get involved if you're feeling very passionate about this issue? Absolutely. Please donate via our website cpj.org. Amazing. Well, thank you again. Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening to Hot Stuff. I will see you all next week. Bye.